All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is February 24th, 2022 and week 160. If you're new around here, welcome to join the midst of the storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and surely upload them to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about being ashamed of Christ. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, thank you for this chance, this opportunity. Uh, Lord, just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for our life, health, and strength, Lord. Whatever measure we have, Lord, we thank you for everything you have given us, Lord. We we try to, uh, I try to start off my prayers by giving you thanks. So, Lord, help us to remember throughout our daily journey, throughout our lives, Lord, to just give you thanks for all the accomplishments, for all the uh, pitfalls for all the things that we even look at and say, man, that didn't go the way I planned it. But Lord, help us to continue to give you thanks because you promised us that all these things work for the good. And so Lord, continue to re remind us of these things. Lord, help us to remember no matter what happens in this life, there's still a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. And so Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight. Lord, we're praying that uh, we would all decrease and that you would increase, that your word would go forth and only your word, Lord, that we would see things like we've never seen them before, Lord, that you would just continue to spark our interest, Lord, that you would just continue to light the fire within us so we can let your light shine and glorify you. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your loving name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, I had Melvin title this Ashamed of Christ. However, I don't feel that that title is very fitting. Um, and so, nonetheless, we're going to go on with the message um, coming from Joel chapter 2. Because God has promised us that we would never be ashamed. And and I, I can tie it in there. Um, because a lot of times people are ashamed to tell people that they're followers of God. Um, but that's not exactly what we're going to talk about. So I do apologize if that's a little misleading. But we're going to kind of deal with being ashamed a little. Uh, and so let's let's go over. Again, we're coming from Joel chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 26 there. Um, and I hope and pray that this will help us continue on. Sometimes we need uh, something. We need a boost. We need a spark. We need uh, some type of encouragement. We need somebody uh, to let us know we're behind them uh, to go on at times. Sometimes we want to give up. Sometimes we want to quit. Sometimes we don't understand why. Things are happening the way that they happen, uh, even as we look around the world today. Uh, and, and these scriptures even kind of reference that song. 
And I didn't intend for that to happen. Um, I actually didn't even know about these events until late last night, uh, the things that have transpired uh, over in Ukraine. But we just see the time, the time that we're living in. We know the scripture tells us that there would be wars. And even where there aren't wars, there's rumors of them. And so more than ever, and I'll say it that way, but God has been trying to wake us up from the beginning. Paul told us, look, it's, it's high time. It's time for you to wake up out of your sleep. Our salvation is closer now than what it was when you first heard. Uh, the hour is approaching, whether the rapture is going to take place first or if we just die first. The hour is approaching. And so it's time for us. God is continuing to give us signs. I mean, uh, not long ago, we had massive COVID outbreaks. Now, I haven't looked at any numbers, so I'm not informed about whether it is uh, kind of slowing down. Now, I feel it is. And the only reason I say that is because I haven't seen uh, a lot of people around me that I know uh, contract COVID. But for a while there, I mean, it seemed like every day I was finding out another person that I personally know. I'm not talking about someone over in another state or another country. People I personally know, including myself, had uh, contracted COVID, had gotten COVID. And so I feel like, you know, now, we might be getting moving in the right direction with that. Now, for how long? Only God himself knows. But now we have something else we're dealing with. Somebody say, if it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. You get one problem corrected, bam, just like that, another problem happens. And so now we're, we're seeing the world uh, as, as we try to navigate this whole situation with uh, uh, Russia and uh, a war starting or potentially starting, however you want to look at that, uh, and things getting worse. And again, these are things that God told us would happen. And so now, more than ever before in our lives, because each day, like I said, we're getting closer and closer, this is the time to be seeking God. Not not for, uh, not only for, let me put it that way. I think that's the correct way to say that. Not only for the protection of uh, citizens in Ukraine, citizens in the U.S., uh, citizens anywhere in the world. Not just for that. This is the time that God is saying, you need to seek me. Because, yeah, when things like this happen, we are... You'll see so many people say, let's pray for this, this country or let's pray for this group or let's pray for these people. But at what point are we praying for our salvation? Let's pray that people are saved. Let's pray that I'm saved. I, we got to start with ourselves first. Uh, somebody was telling me earlier, they said, well, if the Lord is ready, then I'm ready. I said, well, I hope I'm ready. Don't be so quick to say, well, I'm ready to go, because the scripture tells me 
Woe unto them that declare the day of the Lord. He said, to what end is it going to be for you? See, somebody thinks they're ready and they're not. And God said, what's the end going to be like for you? You're thinking you're going to be saved. But what's really going to happen? So now let's, let's move. Uh, we're already here. Joel chapter 2. And let's pick up verse 26 here and see what he said. And ye shall eat in plenty mm -hmm. and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. What a mighty God we serve. God has dealt wondrously. He has been so good to us. Uh, let, let's see if we got any comments on whether our video is acting correctly or not. Looking good on our end. Uh, we do have a comment. Um, Kiara says, praise the Lord, everyone. May God continue to bless each and every one of you. Thank you. Praise the Lord to you as well. Thank you for tuning in. Praise the Lord. Let us know if the video is acting strange. Um, Looking good. No drop frames. So, Okay. Well, I was just told that it was. So I want to make sure. Well, hopefully we're we're doing good. Uh, it looks like we are from over here, but yeah. I don't know. Some things get weird sometimes. So, <laughs> but again, thank all of you guys for tuning in and let us know uh, if you if you can hear us good, um, if anything's going wrong. And so in here, Joel is talking. Re read that for me one more time, Mel. And ye shall eat in plenty. And ye shall eat in plenty. God knows we like to eat in plenty. <laughs> There's a reason we go to the buffet from heaven. <laughs> Sometimes we get food from a place that I've said, we said, man, they didn't give me enough fries. You want plenty. This is a promise God is making us. He said, ye shall eat in plenty. Uh-huh. And be satisfied. We'll get Whatever it is, not even just about eating, but we will be satisfied. You know, it's a good feeling to be satisfied. If you've ever been hungry, which I know you have, after you eat, there's a feeling of satisfaction. You say, somebody say, are you hungry? You say, no, I'm satisfied. That's what we're saying when we say we're full. Say, no, I'm satisfied. I feel good. You're ready to sit down, <laughs> kick your feet up. Because you feel satisfied in that moment. But we know that satisfaction doesn't last. And so God tells us you'll be able to eat and you'll be satisfied. Why? Because he's going to provide everything we need. He's going to provide. Let's see what he said, Melvin. And praise the name of the Lord, your God, mm -hmm. that hath dealt wondrously with you. You know God has been so good to us. Now, we say this. We say this. But do we really take a moment to stop and think about how good he has been to us? Talking to, uh, I, was, I was listening to a person talking. They began to tell me about how uh, a situation that they, that they recently uh, found themselves in. They were in a store. And they 
walked up to the cash register and a person was in there and they overheard the person tell the cashier, well, I was hoping uh, you would pay for this for me. And they, they, they began to say how they don't know. They thought they had their money, but they had lost it somehow. And so the cashier tells the person, no, I'm sorry. You know, I can't do that. Um, you know, I don't have the money, whatever, whatever it was that they said exactly. And so the person goes out. And the person who told me this story, remember, I said they walked up behind this and overheard these few things stated. And they began to talk to the cashier and the cashier began to say, you know, I, if I try, if I if I give this person this this time, you know, they'll be back tomorrow asking for something else. And so, you know, they, they had a short conversation about that. But after this. They go outside and they see that same person that was inside asking for uh, these items, I think it was about three items, three small items of food. They see this person on a bike with their head down, with their arms kind of resting on the handlebars and their head down. And they realize, wow, this person is homeless. This person actually doesn't have anything. You know, sometimes when we see a person and they are... Uh, asking for something, our first inclination is they must be trying to beat somebody out of some money. That's our first thought. But now they find out this person's actually homeless. And you know, this brought tears to my eyes because I can think about, man, look how much God has blessed me with. You know, last week, you know what our biggest problem was Thursday night last week? The internet, or whatever we want to call it, for whatever reason, we can we can blame it on whatever it, whatever it was. But our connectivity just wasn't that good. That was our biggest problem. And you know we'll be so frustrated about the situation and what's going on. But you know how often do we stop and think? how wondrously God has dealt with us. Somebody out there doesn't even have a home to go to. It's raining outside here. It was raining. And somebody's struggling outside, trying to get underneath some cover. Look at how good God has been to us. You know, what, what is it that we have to complain about? You know, I thank God he corrected me really quickly. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I woke up. I don't even know what I was about to complain about. But I knew I was about to. I don't remember now what I was complaining about. But even as I was driving in my car to work, I'm thinking about complaints. And God had to correct me quickly. I thank God for it. What do you have to complain for? How good has God been to us? Read that again for me, Melvin. It said he has dealt wondrously. Read that again for me. And he shall, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Is this not us? We have, we're going around to buffets. We're calling in food. Man, even uh, some years back here in Oxford, Mississippi, 
we've got robots bringing us food. You go on the campus of Ole Miss, and I'm, I'm certain that's not the only place in the world doing it. You order food, you don't even have to go far to get it. They'll bring it to your place. The robot will bring it to you. I mean, look at what we have. And somebody still is going to complain about that. Man, it took so long for that robot to get here. My food was cold. We're going to find some reason to be upset, to be frustrated, to complain, to murmur. So I recognize God needs you to help me because I find myself about to complain too quick. When I know you have did this for me. Go ahead. Keep reading that for me. And praise the name of the Lord your God mm -hmm. that hath dealt wondrously with you. You know, when God, when you truly recognize how good God has been to you, how he has dealt with you, you can praise his name. Even in the midst of a bad time, even in the midst of a tough situation, you can praise his name. Th this is all because of the perspective we have. And every once in a while, God needs to show us. He has to show us. Because otherwise, we'll let it slip. We'll let some problem we had this week. It seemed like the worst thing ever. It seemed like the worst thing ever to us. I talked about how uh, I was struggling to work on a car a while back. That problem seemed like the worst thing ever at the moment. Until I took a step back and recognized how good God has been to me. We have to stop and think about these things. But sometimes God has to put us in a, a condition, a situation, where now I can be grateful. But before, I couldn't see all of this. So he has dealt wondrously with us. All right? And my people shall never be ashamed. God said, my people shall never be ashamed. Never. You know, when you don't have something, you're ashamed. It, we easily are ashamed. We can be, and I use examples of uh, being in school a lot, but I've, I've felt this way. If you're in if you're in a class, it can be anywhere, any class. You can be on Zoom. I know we do a lot of Zoom classes. It can be anywhere. Somebody asks you a question. They call on you, ask you a question. And if you don't know that answer, you know it's embarrassing. We don't even we say pick somebody else. Or let's say this, you think you know the answer. And the teachers say, that's wrong. You know what happens? We get ashamed. When you don't have something, we're ashamed. Let, let me give you a better example. Suppose we didn't have enough money to pay our light bill and the lights went out. Now, let me ask you, how many people are you going to tell about this situation? It's embarrassing. When you don't have something, it's easy for us to be ashamed. We don't want to tell someone, hey, I really need some money to eat this week. Hey, I need some gas money this week. Hey, I need some money to get, get, a, get a pair of pants. We, it's embarrassing when, we're, we're, when we are without. 
But God said, look, I'm, a, I'm going to bless you so that you have plenty. You're going ha- to be satisfied. You won't have to be ashamed. You won't have to be because you're going to have exactly what you need. Look at the promises that God has continued to make us. He said, you won't have to be ashamed. You know, sometimes when we've did, when we've did things we're not proud of, people will make you feel ashamed about your mistakes. I mean, people will really go to town on you about some mistakes you've made. But I thank God. The scripture said he's slow to anger. I don't know if it's in here, but he it said he's gracious. I can't remember if it's this chapter or not. He's gracious. He's forgiving. People won't forgive you today. But God is gracious and he will forgive your mistakes. Moments that we can look back and say, man, I'm not proud I did. I'm ashamed I did that. I can't believe that was me. But God said, you don't have to be ashamed. Look at the love that God has bestowed upon us. So he said, my people won't have to be ashamed. He said, never. Somebody say, never say never. (laughs) God said, look, my people shall never be ashamed. Go ahead, Uh, Mel. Let's actually go up. I want to go back to verse 19. Yeah, let's go back to verse 19. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. He said, I'm going to provide everything you need. You won't have to be ashamed because you don't have and you're lacking. When we're lacking something, we're ashamed. He said, you you won't have to feel this way. You won't have to. Being ashamed, being embarrassed is, is one of the worst feelings ever. Nobody enjoys this. But God said, I'm going to put you in a position that you don't have to feel this way. This is what I'm looking for from God. But not just about me. I'm looking for him to do this for his people. See, he's not making this promise just to me. Look at who he's saying this to. Read that again for me. Start, start over in 19. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people. He's saying this to his people. See, God is about us. We're just about me. See, we've been taught so much about self. God's making these promises to his people. God is love. He loves his people. He doesn't want us to be ashamed. What does it matter if Tony is not ashamed, but Melvin is? Who cares? That's not what God is looking for. This is about loving one another. This is about loving each other. So he's making these promises to us. Go ahead, Mel. Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therewith. He said you'll be satisfied. This is the same thing. I just wanted to pick up this verse. 
He's saying the same stuff here that he said in verse 19. You won't have to be ashamed. I'm going to provide everything for you. You won't have to worry about anything. Let's drop down. Uh, let's skip 26 and let's go to 27 now. We started at 26, but let's go to 27 because this is what God wants his people to know. Now, this is not prosperity, but God does want you to prosper. But this is not the prosperity gospel. <laughs> this is not that. But God does want you to prosper. I want you to know that. So let's see what he says. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. You know, God has to allow some impossible situations, situations that look impossible, to miraculously happen. So you can know God is in the midst. If you think about Jesus, when he took the two fish and the five loaves, you knew God was in the midst. To feed above 5,000 people, you, you knew God was in the midst. God had to be in the midst for that to take place. So God does these things intentionally so we don't have to be ashamed. So we can still have hope. Now, I gave that away. <laughs> I was mean to get to that later. But what God is doing is putting hope in us. See, I know we get in some impossible situations. Things just look like they just won't work. But God wants us to have hope. Somebody's wondering, how are you surviving? You know, this is going wrong. That's went wrong for you. How do y'all, how do you survive? How do you keep bills paid? How do you make this happen? How do you do this? How do you do that? How does it work for you? Because we have hope. Because God is in the midst. See, everything changes when God is in the midst. They were on a boat. And Jesus was down there asleep. And they woke him up. They said, Master, look, don't you care that we're about to die? But somebody needed to realize who was in the midst. All he had to say was, look, peace be still. He, he told the wind. He told the wind what to do. See, we're talking about God here. They said, what manner of man is this? Look, even the wind and the sea obey this man. Well, what kind of per? We're talking about God in the midst. See, it's something about when God steps on board. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. But I, I remember uh, people talking about uh, some some popular saying that I've heard people say, uh, I'm the captain now. You know, we have to realize who the real captain is. He was on board that day. The real captain was there. The one who can speak to the waves, who can speak to the water. Who can speak even to your problems. He can speak things into existence. I know people tell you you can, but I want to tell you who really can. God can speak things into existence. God told that dirt, stand up. He created man. 
from the dust of the ground. You're talking about creating things into existence, speaking them into existence. He said, let there be light. He said, let the dry land come forth. We've seen the same one, good God Almighty, the same one went to the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, well, stand up, wake up. It's the same one. So we have to understand who's in the midst. Once we get God in the midst, all things are possible. So he said, look, you don't have to be ashamed. You're going to have just what you need because of the one that's in the midst. He said, and ye shall know. See, it's something about when we think versus when we really know. Sometimes we've we've said, and I've been guilty. We say, yeah, I know that. But God, he has a way of taking you to a deeper level of knowing. He has a way of taking you to a deeper level. See, <laughs> take being in school. Somebody say, I know math. Yeah, you took math 101. You took geometry. But once you begin to take deeper level classes, trigonometry, calculus, these advanced classes, you really know math now. But just because you knew one plus one, you knew a few times tables. You say, yeah, I know math. I know how to work these numbers. But you really don't know some stuff. You might know a little. God wants to take us to that deeper level of knowing him. So let's go down here. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep reading. Let's start over in 27. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the, the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. He's still telling us, you won't be ashamed, because you know who your God is. Paul came down to Athens. He said, you God, you're worshiping what you know not. That's what Jesus told, excuse me, Jesus told the woman at the well, you're worshiping what you know not. But Paul told them down in Athens, he said, look, declare I unto you. He said, I want to declare to you the unknown God. You, you don't know him. You don't know him. But those of us who really know him, He's in our midst. We don't have to be ashamed. We'll know him and we will praise him because he's dealt wondrously with us. I hope somebody feels this way. I feel good when I think about just what God has did for me because I know, I know where I deserve to be. Out of all the crooked and evil things that I've did, all the sins I've committed, who am I to suddenly start doing a few things right and I feel that God owes me something now? Who am I to think that way? Who am I to think I'm so much more holy than the next person when I was the same person that they are now? Hadn't been too far removed. Most of my life lived in sin. Think about it. The most of most of uh, 
The majority part of our lives, even those of us who have changed our lives, we lived in sin. And so how can we now act as if we're so holy? The only reason we can be this way is because of the power of God. So we have to realize he's in our midst. He's the one doing these works. We still have to give the glory to him. So he said, we don't have to be ashamed. Let's pick up verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is how we'll know he's in our midst. In the book of Amos, he said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? We had to agree with God and God agreed with us. He came into our midst. He poured out his spirit. Go ahead. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. God has come into our midst. He said, you won't have to be ashamed. Paul talked to, Paul talked to us excuse me, about this. He said, look, no matter what condition I found myself in, he said, I, I learned how to be content. This is what the Spirit of God does, the Holy Ghost. This is what it does for us. It teaches us to be satisfied. But today, we're not satisfied because we have so much. We have so much, we're not satisfied. We have access to so much. We have a hard time being satisfied. But God, is trying to help us. So let's keep going here. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. God is going to give his spirit to his people. He's going to give us his spirit. Flip over to chapter three. And let's pick up verse six there. Because we have this problem going on in the world. Everyone wants everything and we're willing to get it by any means necessary. Let's pick up verse six. We're not satisfied. Let's pick it up in verse six. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians. Now these are church people. These are people in the church now. He said, you have sold them unto the Greeks. Uh-huh. That ye might remove them far from their border. Now, I like I said, I didn't plan to come to this after I seen what happened with Russia and Ukraine. But what he's trying to show us is we're willing to do whatever it takes just so we can take over what people have, their land, their resources. We're willing to do what it takes. These things have even taken place in the church. We're willing to sell one another out because we're not satisfied. But once we truly receive the Holy Ghost, we won't feel this way if we allow him to work. I want to get another verse here. Uh, well, before we do that, um, 
Yeah, let, let's let's go over to a different verse. Let's flip over to Amos chapter 2. And while we're doing that, uh, we do have a few comments. David says, it's not on the mountaintops where we grow the most, but it's in the valley where we grow the most and become the people that the Lord purposed and created us to be. It definitely takes some situations to make us stronger because that's how he gets us to trust him. Um, he also said his seed won't be begging for bread. And also, he says, I'm so thankful for the blessings of the Lord. He owes me nothing, but it's me that owes him everything. And we also had a question from um, Chelsea. She says, so do you feel as though God answers your prayers more than others because you have the Holy Ghost? Let me, let me put it this way. When a person has, well, I won't say has, when a person is led by the Holy Ghost. Now, that's two different things. Having the Holy Ghost and being led by the Holy Ghost is two different things. Because some people have it are not being led by it. I hope you can understand what I'm saying. You can have something but not use that thing. If I'm hungry and I have food, I might say, well, I don't want to eat that. So I'm not using what I have. So I just use that example to let you know, some people have the Holy Ghost, but they're not being led by it. They're still leading themselves. And so with the Holy Ghost, your prayers should actually change. See, before the Holy Ghost, certain things we just can't pray about. We just could not do it. Uh, if, let's say someone lied on you. Now, would you really go home and say, Lord, please bless them? Now, they've lied, told a big lie on you. Say, Lord, please help them. Lord, Lord please bless them to do better in life, help them to stop lying. I'm talking about somebody really told a big, let's say somebody lied on you at the job, caused you to get ridden up. Even uh, the boss may have threatened to fire you all because of the lie they told. Are you going to go home and say, Lord, please help them? You know, I, I want to see good happen to this person. Without the Holy Ghost, now some people might now, it's going to be few and far in between. But most people are going to say, man, I hope some evil happened to it. We'll wish some evil on them ourselves. But now with the Holy Ghost, your desires and prayers change. You can now start doing those things that Jesus told us to do. Jesus told us, look, pray for them. Pray for those people that despitefully use you. Pray for even your enemies. Love them. And this is what love is being able to pray, being able to even help them, even after they've lied on us. So I would say, yes, it does help your prayers to be answered because you have the Holy Ghost. But that's also because you're going to pray differently. See, people without the Holy Ghost, you see what they pray for. <sighs> see, I've seen people... Let me let me let me put it this way. I've seen people pray 
before a sporting event. They said, Lord, you know, please help us to win this game. You know, the, the, man, the, it would be so amazing, Lord, if we could win this game. And you have the other team praying and say, Lord, please help us. You know, we want to beat these guys. Lord, we worked all year to get here. So which one does he listen to? Because if he listened to both, <laughs> seemed like it'd be a tie. <laughs> but I will tell you, I don't believe God is concerned with who wins the football game, who wins the basketball game. I don't believe he is. From that standpoint, because, and don't get me wrong, I like sports, but I'm not going to go home and pray about no football game. Lord, please help my favorite team to win the championship this year. I wouldn't pray a prayer like that because I understand that's not God's concern. God wants these people on the football team to be saved. I should be praying, Lord, please help these guys be saved. Please help those ladies be saved. Whatever, whoever it is, Lord, help them be saved. That's God's ultimate goal. So when I have the Holy Ghost, my prayers change from being about carnal things to being about heavenly things, from being about worldly things. See, without the Holy Ghost, you know who I'm praying prospers? Tony, me and my family. That, that's it. We see this go on in the world. People are only really invested in them and their family. But once we receive the Holy Ghost, we can say, man, I hope my brother and sister over there, somebody you just met, you talk to them for a few minutes, you say, well, you know, look, let's keep in touch. I'm going to be praying for you. You found you got a new brother and sister in Christ. Instantly. You didn't have to know each other for 15, 20 years to go home and pray for them, to help them, not just pray, because we have to actually do stuff for people. See, that, that, these are the things that now I can say I honestly pray about. Lord, help me get in a position to actually help somebody. Not, not Lord, help me to pray for them. Lord, help me to be able to do something for them. What am I doing? What, what exactly am I doing to help someone? Yes, praying is good, but it looks like to me the Lord wants us to be more. Do more, excuse me, then pray. But we got anything else? Because I, I want to go to a verse. Yep, um, David uh, has three. The Lord is no respecter of persons. What he does for me, he will do for you. He also says he came to seek and save that which is lost. It's not the Lord's will that any should perish, but that all will come to repentance and be saved. That's and true. And we have, Kiara says, he says the prayers of the righteous avail as much. And um, Chelsea has a follow-up question. So when so when people wishes ill will on someone, does it actually happen? Like, is that a real thing? Well, sometimes evil things happen anyway. I don't have to wish no evil on anybody in the world, but I can guarantee you evil is going to happen. I don't have to wish evil on someone. And so we'll hear someone say, well, I hope something bad happens to him. And next week something happens. Something is going to happen anyways. It's going to happen anyways. 
You don't have to wish any evil on anybody for it to actually happen because evil is around all of us. Every day there's evil going on in the world. We we talked about earlier the the bombings and the things taking place in Ukraine. I didn't have to pray, Lord, uh, please let some evil. I wouldn't even pray that way. But that's happening regardless. Evil is all around us. The prayer was, lead us not into temptation, but keep them from evil. It's going to be around us. But Lord, help us to stay out of evil. Help us to stay out of harm's way. He promised to make a way for us to escape. So, uh, let's flip over to Matthew chapter 15. I believe I want chapter 15 there. Uh, And I might be wrong on that. I think I'm wrong on that. Let's, um, I think it might be Mark 6. I want the place where While you're finding that, David says, sometimes we pray amiss or not according to the Lord's will. Yep, uh, as in the book of James told us, we're praying for the wrong things. Um, and that's what happens. We, we need the Spirit of God to direct us. The, the Bible tells us it's not in man to direct his own step. We don't believe that. We say, man, I know what I'm doing. I've been living all this time. I'm still alive, aren't I? I'm still making it. But look at how many mistakes we make. Look at how many mistakes we continue to make. And a lot of those mistakes is because the Spirit of God is not leading us. And this goes for people with it and without it. Because, again, some people have it and won't allow it to lead. See, God is still about a choice. God's going to, he is going to allow you to decide. He's not going to make you act right. It's your choice. But I want to go over to Mark 6. Mark 6 and verse 35. See, there's something about the heart of Jesus. And once we receive the Holy Ghost, we can have access now to his mind, to his heart, to the way he thought. And we also find this in Scripture. Let's pick it up in verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, Mm -hmm. his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert desert place. Desert place. And now the time is far past. They said, look, it's getting late. Look at who's talking here. The disciples. People who he's teaching. People who are actually a part of the church. These are the people. But he has to teach them the same way we have to be taught. Let's see what he said. Send them away. The, deci- they- the church folks now says, send them away. Says a lot of people here. It's getting late. Send these folks away. Uh-huh. That they may go into the country roundabout 
and into the villages and buy themselves bread. They need to go buy some stuff for themselves. Is this not how the world is today? Man, I, I, I bought this for me. You go get it for yourself. I worked too hard to get this. I'm definitely not giving you any. This is the world around us. But Jesus was teaching his people how to be different. See, we pray. Praying is good. We say, yeah, I'm going to pray for so-and-so. That's good. But things that God has been dealing with me on is what are you actually going to do, though? See, praying is good. It doesn't take a whole lot from us to pray. But what are you going to do? The disciples here said, Lord, these people are hungry. It's getting late. Send these jokers home. Let them go. Let them go so they can buy themselves something to eat. Let's see what happens. He answered and said, Go, go back up for me. I don't think we finished that one. If I if we Oh, did. yeah, we didn't, we didn't. For they have nothing to eat. They knew this now. We will know the condition of another person. We'll know. We'll know what's going on. We'll know somebody doesn't have something. We say, well, that just ain't my problem. We say, I'll go pray for But that's not my problem. See, God wants to change us. He wants to make us have compassion for people, feel bad, and not just feel bad for feeling bad's sake, but feeling bad enough to help somebody, to go out of our way, to do something for them. So the disciples said, look, they don't have nothing to eat. Send them away. Let them go buy something. They can go to McDonald's. They can go to any fast food place. This is how we think now. He said they can go to a fast food place. They don't have to go home and cook. Go ahead, Melvin. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. He said you do something for them. Because this is a problem we have in church. We're all talking about praying. But we won't do. See, love, love is an act. It is an action. Love is only something we say now. We say, well, I care about you. I love you. But what are we willing to do? Jesus said, you do something for them. You see that problem, you do something. Because we prayed long enough. I know all the time we can't do something. I understand that. But we're never doing anything. We haven't did anything yet. We haven't even started doing anything. We had not did anything once. So, yes, I understand we can't do and solve every problem. That's not what Jesus is trying to teach them here. He's not trying to teach them you can fix every problem in the world. Because another scripture tells us the poor you always have with you. So that tells me we cannot fix poverty. We can't fix hunger. Because not enough of us are going to come together to do it. Now, if we had the access to all the money in the world, sure, we could do it. But we're not going to get access to all of it. Because not enough people are going to allow God to lead them. Not enough people are going to do it. 
So he's teaching us we got to do something. We can't keep talking about love, how much we care. He said, do something. And that's these are the things every once in a while God puts this on my heart. What are you doing? That's my prayer now. God put me in a position to be able to do something, not talk about how I love someone. It's not about the talk. Put me in a position where I can do more than what I'm doing right now. God, I don't feel I'm doing enough. See, my prayers have never been this way. This is because of the God that's in me. Has nothing to do with Tony, I can assure you that. But this is how our prayers change. But before this, the only thing we're thinking about is, Lord, help, bless me, Lord. I want me a nice house. I want me this. Lord, I want that. Lord, give me, give me kids. Lord, give me a spout. Lord, give me a car. Lord, I want to take a trip. Lord, I can't wait to go to Japan. If we come up with all kinds of places and things we want. But somewhere along the line, God is saying, well, what about the person next door that you walk past? What about this person you encountered yesterday that has nothing? This person doesn't even have a bed to sleep on. And here we are. We've got a bed, all the sheets that come with it, the comforter set, 15 pillows. I mean, we've got everything we like. But God said, well, what are you going to do for someone else, though? And so Jesus is teaching here. He's teaching. You do something. It's not about praying all the time. Prayer is good. Man ought to always pray. It's what the scripture says. But prayer here ain't the answer. He didn't say, well, you pray for them. He didn't say that. Prayer is not always the only thing we need to do. We need to be doing and praying. But what I've seen is people just want to pray. Oh, we're going to pray for. But what about, what can we do, though? Even if I can't do something, well, I should be at least trying to figure out something. Man, there's got to be something. I know I'm not in a position to truly just change everything about this person's life. I can't do it. Don't have the power to change everything. But is there something I can do? That's what his spirit is for. Let's see. Let's read 37 again. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He said, You give them something to eat. They said, Well, how are we going to do this? He said, Well, I, what, what can we do? We don't have enough money to do this. But it's something about when God is in the midst. He said, You won't be ashamed. You won't lack when I'm in the midst. See, they found themselves in a position that they looked at it. They said, we don't have enough here to feed all these people. We're lacking. But God's in the midst. Let's read. 
he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. We only have two fish and five loaves. That's it. That's all we have. It's not enough for all these people. Go ahead. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. See, this is what happens when the spirit is leaving. Leading, excuse me. The spirit is leading here in Jesus. He said, look, sit them down. Somebody's still thinking, well, we don't have enough. What are we sitting them down for? We don't have enough. We've already established this. Man, these people need to be leaving so they can go and buy something. Go ahead, Mel. And they said... Yeah, and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he, he among them all. Mm-hmm. And they did all eat and were filled. Look at what it said there. They were satisfied. They were satisfied. Because God was in the midst. See, if we just do this thing the way God is telling us, it'll work out. It'll all work out. He said, look, you'll have plenty to eat. You'll be satisfied. Corn, whatever whatever it is we need, whether it's resources, you won't be lacking. You won't have to be ashamed. We're ashamed when we're lacking. We're ashamed. People will embarrass you because you don't have something. People think it's funny because you're without. But God said, look, you you won't lack. If you just do what I say, I'll pour my spirit out to you. And that's God getting in the midst. And once God's in the midst, miracles take place. Things change. Our circumstances change. We have hope. I want to get one other thing, unless um, a question or something kind of leads us in a different direction. We do have a few comments. Sister Rosie says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord to you. Thank you for tuning in. Jeremy says, we shouldn't be ashamed of Christ. We don't be, uh, we should be ashamed of sinning, but we're not. And um, David says, the problem isn't that the spirit of the Lord is not leading, but the real problem comes when we don't follow where the spirit of the Lord is leading us to go. Paul said, follow me as I I follow Christ. And Jeremy says, Proverbs 19 and 1, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. We have to be willing to allow God to lead us. We have to be. We have to be. I want to get one other thing, Romans chapter 5. Because God said we won't be ashamed. He said shall never be ashamed. He said his people shall never be ashamed because he's going to provide. He's going to make us satisfied. That feeling we get once we're full, once we finish eating that meal, we feel satisfied. We feel good. God wants to give us that feeling. Let's pick it up in verse 5, Romans 5 and 5. 
and hope maketh not ashamed. This is what's going to take place for us. Hope is going to do it. We're going to now have hope. So many people have run out of hope. We've seen so many people run out of hope recently. Somebody needs the Spirit of God. We all need it. Hope is what it's going to take to make us not ashamed. Go ahead. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. My God, we can't get away from this Holy Ghost thing. It's all over this book. He told us back in the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, he said, you won't have to be ashamed. I'm going to pour out my spirit to you. We get over here in the book of Romans. He said, hope makes us not ashamed. Why? Because we got the Holy Ghost. Because God has put love into our hearts. We know how to do something for someone now. We know how to even do for ourselves. Because this entire time, somebody was telling me they were their own worst enemy. Say, aren't we all? Look at how many bad decisions we have personally made ourselves. Why? Because the Spirit of God wasn't leading us. And by that, I mean we're not allowing it to lead. That's what I mean by that. Somebody, anybody can try to lead you somewhere. But if you're not willing to go, it won't work. And the Holy Ghost, that's the only role that the Holy Ghost is going to take is the leadership role. The Holy Ghost came to lead and guide us into all truth. The Holy Ghost did not come to be led by us. He already told us, we don't even know where we're going. We don't even know what we're doing. But God is coming to help us. So, it's the Holy Ghost. One last verse. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. When we were without strength, there was a scripture. We didn't get to it. I think it was in the book of Joel, or it might have been in Amos. I can't remember. But he said, let the weak say, I am strong. We can be strong because of what God did for us, because of his spirit, because of the Holy Ghost. We can be strong now. We can be strong. Do we have anything else, Melvin? Uh, yes. Roderick said, it's all right to pray for the Lord, but he waits for you to do something. And Kate, um, sorry, Chelsea says, prayers aren't enough. We must do as well, you say. How can we do if we don't know what to do? That's what the Holy Ghost is there for. See, we don't know all the answers. We don't know all the answers. But God reveals to us what we need to do. He reveals to us which direction to go in. It'll all be given to us. But we have to do what he told us first. I can't know all the answers before I go through the process. Somebody can explain it to me, but I just don't know what it's like until I actually go through this process. You know, you can hear people talk about what it's like to have a child. And I can hear this. 
but I just don't fully know. I have an idea, but until I actually go through that process, it's going to be different. Now, I'll just leave it at that. It, it'll, it's different when you actually go through something. And so in order to truly know, you got to take those steps. You got to start going through the process. God is about revealing things to us in time. See, God already knows who's going to be saved. He knows. You know, he could have told us. Well, Tony, don't talk to so-and-so. They're going to be lost anyways. He could have told us that. Don't even try for that person, Tony. That'd be a waste of your time. But he doesn't tell us some things intentionally because he wants you to trust him. He wants you to follow his lead. He wants you to love people without picking and choosing. Because if he told me, hey, this person isn't going to heaven, I say, man, you know what? I won't even waste my time talking to them. But no, he still wants me to try to give everything I have. They might be lost. I might watch them, even though I'm doing everything I can. They're just not willing to change. They're willing to pray and talk. But they're not, they're not willing to do anything about their situation. They know they're doing wrong, but they just don't want to change. So it's about us taking those steps. Once we start on this journey, God will reveal to us the next step. But it won't happen until we actually get out there and do what he said. So, yes, praying is good. But we got to do what he said. But if we don't know what to do, that's what we need to be praying about. Lord, what, what is it that I need to be doing? Lord, help me. I guarantee you, if you start praying things like this, you won't have to wait for 20 years before God tells you what you need to do. He, he's going to start putting some things on your heart. You're going to start seeing some situations. You can easily jump in there and affect. You can easily help somebody out. Even if it's nothing but saying, hey, God loves you. Even if it's, you know, there's small things we can do that people can see the love of God that's in you. Small things you can do. I remember um, helping a person uh, pull nails out of a board. Something so small, it meant so much to this person. They broke down and cried. See, there's small things you can do to touch people. They said, wow, you know, it's something different about that person. They took the time to help me. I see God in them. God will start showing you. You can do something small. You, you don't have to, you, you might not even be in a position to buy somebody a house. But you can do something small for and they'll appreciate that. And God appreciates it. So was there anything else, Melvin? Um, yes, David says our biggest enemy is our flesh. We have to die out to our flesh daily so that we can live for him. He also says we need to feed our spiritual man the way we try to feed our physical man. And that will help us. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we are at that point. Um, if there isn't anything else, but by all means, ask your questions. If you have any questions, definitely ask uh, because we are winding down. We are wrapping this thing up, um, but we do have time. Again, if you guys have any questions you wanted to ask before we get off air, and even if you come up with something after we get off air, um, the lines are always open uh, to anyone, uh, anyone, because th this is about us growing in God, us being saved. That's the most important thing. We see the destruction uh, going on in the world. As a matter of fact, I was talking to one guy and he was... Uh, um, he was just talking about, you know, what if Ukraine wanted to attack the United States? And they began to talk about, well, you know, they would probably target a place with a lot of populations, or excuse me, with a uh, lot of people. And, you know, I began to think, I said, you know, wouldn't people want to attack somewhere where they can actually set this place back? you know, cause some uh, economic stress, uh, some economic constraints. And the, the person said, yeah, you know, well, Memphis actually has the FedEx Center. Uh, anything going out the country is coming there. Anything coming in is coming there. And they begin to talk about, yeah, you know, they could attack Memphis and this, that, and the other. So, you know, Memphis is right up the road from us. You know, these things can happen to you. I know we're looking at, well, they attack Ukraine. We don't know where Ukraine is in the world. But these things can happen to you. See, it's the devil using people. The devil's in the United States already. Somebody got robbed. Somebody got shot. Somebody got killed. He's right here. He's fighting us every day. And God can allow him to do something to you. So we have to keep these things in mind. We, we have to use our time wisely because we've heard it so many times. Time is winding up. God is looking for someone who's not ashamed of him. Someone he's going to make not ashamed because he's going to put them on high. We didn't get to that verse, but God is wanting to put you on high. That same feeling people are out here searching for. Somebody say, I just want to smoke and get high. I want to get drunk. You're looking for a feeling. You know, God said he'll give you that feeling, but a better one than the one you're searching for. Way better. And he's going to give it to you with his spirit. So, I thank God for you guys. Uh, at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Melvin. I've been talking for a long time here. <laughs> um, Amy says, I enjoy the message, guys. Pray for my family. There are some things we have to let go and let God. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because um, that is the only way that we will be able to make it. Because um, we could have anything negatively affecting us. Um I think it was David that just commented and said that we have to let our flesh die. And that was um, Paul, I believe, was that said, I die daily. Because as I've said many times on the live stream before, our flesh 
is not going to heaven and is not going to hell. So it's going to desire that which is ungodly. And sometimes that natural sensation that that we did so hard to let go, we can't do it on our own. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God to intervene because some battles we cannot handle on our own and they're not meant for us to handle on our own because he has to get us to trust him some way. I pray to be put in that situation. I don't like being in that situation at all, but I pray for the situation where put me in a situation where my only choice is to trust you. I can't go right, can't go left, can't go forward, and I can't go back. My only choice is to trust God. And that's not a desirable situation to be in, but that's how we get experience. So we'll know what to do next time. That builds up faith and builds up trust. He has to show us these things just like Abraham waited so long for a son and then God turned around and said, now give him back to me. God already knew what Abraham was going to do, but Abraham had to see it for himself. So most definitely. Um, but I did want to hit on really quickly the time being winding up. Um, I remember we talked about, it was one of the last messages of last year and it was called Redeeming the Time where we're late for something. And when we try to do this, try to do that, try to do that to make up that time so that we can be back on time. And of course, you know, it ties into the different events that's going on today. Um, and one place in the Bible says God is going to shake up the earth. And he's been doing that for a while now, ever since the beginning of time, actually, because even back in the Bible days with um, Paul, he said God can come back anytime. And that was in his time. So, you know, over 2,000 years later, how much more important is it now than it was back then? And I and I just find it hard to believe how many people, you know, will disregard the Bible when we see so many things from it being unfolded to date. Um, Tony mentioned the verse earlier. I already knew I was going to mention it, but he said, in the end times, you will hear, you there will be wars and you will hear rumors of wars. And then he said, don't be alarmed. For well, these things have to happen in the end will come. We're in the last days. I remember hearing it so much when I was a kid. And other things as well, it says men will become lovers of their own selves and they will call good evil and evil good. And we, we see that a whole lot today. So we not only have to think we're ready, we have to know. <laughs> I think our last in-person Bible study before the coronavirus came and we had to stop doing them in the Ole Miss library. It was called Be Ye Also Ready. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared and we have to know it. And that is all. Uh, Jeremy says the flesh gets us in a lot of trouble. We have to trust in Jesus every day and search him with our heart. We do have to search him. We have to diligently seek him because he is a rewarder of those. So we will always go through um, situations. And I know I still have a hard time sometimes with complaining about something that's small. You know, I could be in a rush to go somewhere and somebody, you know, to me, I would think they're making an idiotic move while driving and I will get upset. 
but I have to, you know, stop myself. I have to try to stop myself and get over that mentality because I I have to think about what can God be protecting me from had I gone when I wanted to go. And that could go for anything. So we have to be ready. We have to trust God. And I don't think we have any more comments. So I thank each and every single one of you for tuning in. Even if you didn't comment, we appreciate you for watching. And if you're going to listen on the podcast, we appreciate you for listening. So thank you, Casey, Kiara, David, Roderick, Chelsea, Sister Rosie, Jeremy, and Amy for all commenting. And I just want to put emphasis on the importance of asking questions. I can guarantee you, you're not the only one with whatever your question is. You know, somebody could be listening to this. If the Lord blesses and says the same, the earth is still here. 50, 60, 70 years down the line. Chelsea, your question, somebody is going to have, well, I know that I need to do something to help these people, but I don't know what to do. How can I know? Somebody is going to have that question. So I thank you for asking questions and anybody else. So I believe that that is it. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, As my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good message. We would love to have you guys join us. It's in the link, the meeting link, the meeting link is linked down in the description for the podcast. And if you want it, you can message Tony or me. Facebook page is always open. So as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. And again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.